Sorry ass motherfucker got nothing on me, right? Nothing. We're the stars of this piece of shit. I am Big Kev. Why do they call you Big Kev? Ooh. I am OG. Oh look, he's got a billion toys. And I am PK. I don't do magic, Morty. I do science. One takes brains, the other takes dark eyeliner. I say we stay here and fight it out. OG's not actually racist against many people. There is no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. I'm not really angry all the time. This is Kevin destroying the Toy Biz Legends box set. Fucking garbage! Why? Why? You know how I know that you're gay? How? Because you're gay and you can tell who other gay people are. I know it's fun. You're like, hey, I found buttons. Let's push them to piss me off. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Almighty Isis. Big Kev's Geek Stuff dot you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Giants cover of the song from the GE Carousel of Progress. You know what, because picture the Robinsons. Your uh, your uncanny ability um, to recognize such obscure music is is really quite impressive, and I'd like to give you a kudos um, and a thumbs up to that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, yes, that was the uh, that was the, the the theme song from uh, from the Carousel of Progress. One of my favorite Disney rides. Some people call it Nap the Ride. Some people call it uh, some people call it the Air Condition of Progress. Um, but but I rather enjoy that ride. All appropriate. You know, the Carousel of Progress is one of the very first Disney rides. Um, it made its debut at the World's Fair. Um, yeah. before 
uh, before making its way to the theme parks. Yeah. And it is probably one of the oldest rides in the parks. Disneyland has one as well. Yeah. And it, and it shows. And it's, yeah, but you know what? But it's fun. It's nostalgic. You know, it's like, it's like watching, it's like watching a fifties TV show and watching them trying to predict the future. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hysterical in that way. But that's what I like about it. You know, and it's that, it's that old school Disney animatronic and it's, and it's fun. Um, you can sure dehydrated pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So yes, we, uh, we picked that theme song. Of course, we're going to be talking about Disney a little bit later. Why would we talk about Disney? Oh, I don't know. Reasons. Oh, right. Because (laughs) that thing that we've been talking about for months that I said was going to go down exactly the way it went down, went down. Exactly. But before we get to that. Like even the numbers we got right, OG. Yeah, we were pretty close. I think yep. we were pretty close with what we had said it was going to end up as. Um, but yep. but before yep. we get to all of that, because we will get uh-huh. to that, uh, uh-huh. we should say that this is episode 502 of the program. Yes. And uh, we are calling this one, It Didn't Work. Uh, and for those of you in Instagram live, work, we get it. Yeah, right. It didn't work. We get, de- we get it. And for those of you in Instagram live, that's truer than everybody else knows. So, yeah, that's true. So, so last week, um, we did have some, uh, technical difficulties involving, um, the mic that big Kev was using as I'm going to pull back the curtain. Right. That's a mic that we've used for years. It's always worked fine. It was the official mic of little Fifi's Who stuff That's at right. one point. Uh, and uh, went to plug it in. I was in Yamato's, went to plug it in, didn't work. So I defaulted uh, to using my Apple AirPods, which are really good, I have to say. But the unfortunate part is that they don't crowd out the ambient noise. It was a little dicey. So, yeah, we get it. It didn't work. This does not mean that uh, I will not be live on location in Hawaii again in the future. I will. We just have to get a better mic. That's all. You got to get a better mic. And we might need one or two other pieces of equipment that help sort of filter that ambient noise out. But ah, we don't need to talk about that just yet. Not with these fine people. Um, No. But but why don't we um, why don't we move forward with the show? Why don't we All go right. right into that big Disney Fox um, um, news? Because it's big and it was it was exciting. Although it's not final, final. It's only mostly final. But um, I mean, is Comcast going to pull a no. miracle out of their pocket? No, 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 no. Fox has already accepted the Disney offer of seven. That Fox was like, "We're so happy with this offer. We're going to throw in some extra stuff." Yeah, right. So, so. Uh, Disney acquired Fox for $71.4 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, they also, um, they also swallowed, um, one, uh, $13.8 billion in outstanding Fox debt, which actually Correct. brings the total up to yeah, 84 and change yeah, or whatever. Five million. Yeah. So, um, Billion, B. Billion, billion. Um, no, so Comcast is out. There, there's no way that Comcast can uh, salvage this. The only thing that I guess could put a stop to it is if for some reason it doesn't pass, like, you know, FCC, SEC, whatever that muster is. But, but, uh, 
but I have a hard time. I have a hard time thinking that's that's that is the case. So uh, of course, this means that uh, Disney will get uh, a hold of all of the Fox um, film and television properties, as right. well as an overwhelming controlling share in Hulu. They already had a pretty big share. Now they have the controlling share of Hulu, um, and and you know a bunch of other a bunch of other things. That it's really quite big. You know, someone the other day I was talking about this in our Discord chat room the other day. I think it was. Oh. And someone said, "Well, or maybe it wasn't Discord. Maybe it was on Facebook. It, it was somewhere." But someone had said, "Well, okay, so they get the Marvel stuff, but what really else do they get? Is this really that big a deal?" And I said, "Well, think yeah. about it. It's it's." The distribution rights to uh, episode four, which means they now truly own all of Star Wars. Correct. In addition to that, it's all of their television programming, which includes, I don't know, small shows like The Simpsons, which has been on the years for 20 plus years, syndication deals. It includes FX, FXX, which are all Fox-owned sub-networks. It's everything but... (laughs) Fox News. It's everything right? but and, and I do they get Fox I don't think they get Fox Sports, do they? No, I don't think so. I think that went off to I think that was a different deal for somebody else. I think I'm not sure. I know Fox News is not uh a part of the deal uh because Disney didn't want it. Here you go. The businesses to be acquired by Disney include 20th 21st Century Fox, um, 20th Century Fox, Fox Searchlight <laughs> Pictures, Fox 2000 Pictures, Fox's Television Creative Units, 20th Century Fox Television, FX Productions, and Fox 21. F- FX Networks, National Geographic, uh, Fox Sports Regional Networks, Fox Networks Group International, Star India, Fox's uh, Controlling Interests in Hulu, Sky, uh, Sky is the UK, yeah, Um, uh, as well as uh, a a bunch of other things. Uh, Fox News, uh, FS1, FS2, and something else is not included in the acquisition. So it's it's everything that is not news, pretty much, that that Disney now owns. Um, So that's huge. You know, um, I, I still I still don't think that this means that suddenly the X-Men are going to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nope. How, however, however, I do think that it means that we will see Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer. Because I, I agree. I think that they I are. Think we could see Silver Surfer as soon as the end of the next Avengers movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to do what I feel is the next natural logical step here. Um, Let me throw out a scenario to you, OG with all of this stuff going on. Now that space is opened up to the Marvel universe, Uh launching some sort of exploratory craft into space seems appropriate. And that's exactly how we get the FF uh, origin wise. So here's my thoughts on FF. Uh-huh. Okay. I hope they go the Spider-Man route with FF. I hope they give assume. Yeah, I hope they give us the super distilled origin. And 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 what they do is they they sort of they sort of 
retcon a little bit and make it so that the FF has, you know, maybe the FF is already kind of in space. Right. They've gotten their powers. So we don't need to see them get their powers. And maybe instead of like a bunch of whiny young FF members, maybe we get a slightly aged up Reed Richards. I'm not talking like 60s, but I'm talking like I don't need a 20 year old Reed Richards. I agree. You know, I don't need yeah. I don't need high school jock Ben Grimm. No, no, no. No, I don't think we're getting any of that. I yeah. think we're getting I would think age appropriate because I mean, let's be honest, again, this phase needs a new Tony Stark if if what we suspect is true, which is that Tony Stark kind of becomes the Nick Fury here. Right. They're they're going to need a Tony Stark in this universe. Right. Uh, and Reed Richards could be that. And, and and Reed Richards is that and, in the books was that in the book. And so and then of course with all of this Galactus is a is a very logical next big bad. Sure one that is. one that certainly can threaten everybody, one that can certainly uh intertwine with a lot of what's going on in the future. I, I so again, I don't think the X-Men are coming over. I actually hope that they don't no. come over to be honest with I you. Don't either. Um, but I think I, what I do like though, if I can just throw this out there, OG, yeah. is I like the fact that Marvel films will be dictating the X-Men universe. Right. Right. So creatively, hopefully right. it's creatively, hopefully it's in much better hands than maybe it was at Fox. Yeah. Um, right. but I don't think that we're going to get this massive crossover. I, I just don't think that's no. going to happen. Um, no. But that's okay. That that that's a good healthy step. I'm totally fine with with it the way that it is. We will we will of course continue to follow this and and see how it yeah. plays out, but that's that's where I suspect this goes. Let's let's stick with uh the Marvel universe for just a few moments. Uh oh, Tom, Tom Holland in an Instagram p- post uh you know air quotes accidentally revealed uh, the sequel title to Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the follow-up title. Now, this this falls in line with what we've heard about so far, um, which is that uh, Peter leaves New York for this film uh, and ends up in London. Um, really? So uh, how that... How well, what I'm wondering is, I'm wondering if in the aftermath of Infinity War, right? Right. You know, where did we last see Peter? Wakanda, right? No, he's not in Wakanda. Oh, no, he's not because he's with Tony. So he's he's on on, Titan. He's on Titan. So what what I'm wondering is if somehow he doesn't, whatever brings him back. Right. I wonder if it just, you know, maybe it doesn't bring him back to New York. You know, maybe his return to Earth is in England. Maybe. And so he has some sort of uh, adventure over there. Of course, the question in regards to that or or where does that leave us with our villains? Because we've heard that Vulture is set to return. One would expect that. Uh, yeah. One would expect that Scorpion might make his appearance considering we got a tease of him at the end of the last film. Yeah. But let's put it in perspective, right? Yeah. In Captain America, the winter soldier. Yeah. Got Baytrock, the leaper. 
we got a few other people that, you know, we kind of sort of have, you know, they were kind of the act one villain. Right. And then in Civil War, it was, uh, what's his name? Crossbones. Crossbones, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, I think if we see, like, a scorpion, I'm thinking it's that kind of thing. Uh, you know what's an even better example, maybe? Um, Scarecrow from the Nolan Batman movies. Oh, the, the, you mean that, that actor? No, what I mean, the character. In the sense of he popped up in every one of those movies. Oh, I hear what you're saying. In a really limited capacity, which I think could be a vulture thing also. Well, I think but they're I think they're going to use what villain England gives us for Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm thinking it could be Craven, uh, which would be well, no, because we know that the villain in the second Spider-Man film has already been cast. Oh, it has? it's my, it's Mysterio. Oh, right, right, right. And it's okay. Jake yeah, Gyllenhaal. Is, it's, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, isn't it? Is it? Is that been confirmed now? I thought that was a rumor. I, I thought that that had been confirmed. Okay. Um, Maybe. But, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not surprised by that. Um, sticking with the Spider-Man universe, although I don't know if this actually is the Spider-Man universe, although I've heard that it might be, Sony is currently developing a Silk movie. Um, and they're calling it a Spider-Man spinoff. And apparently there, wa- there had been some reference that um, Silk, a.k.a. Cindy Moon, was one of Peter's classmates in Homecoming. But like in the background somewhere. Okay. You know, that kind of shit. Um, now, of course, this is hot on the heels of hearing that uh, the Black Cat Silver Sable movie was shelved. Yeah, um, which is good. no, which is absolutely no surprise, um, because it's, why? It's more than no surprise. You, you're you're grateful for it, even. Yeah, uh, that's I am. I'm yeah. grateful but, because uh, again, having all of these Spider-Man based characters with no real connection to Spider-Man does not make any damn sense. Right, I hear you. I know. I agree. I agree. So we'll we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Um. I don't know. I how do I feel about Silk? She's okay. I, I I don't hate her. I don't love her. She's okay. I just I don't need a thousand Spider-Man derivative characters. I guess that's where my problem lies. Right. You know, how many? You know, you have Spider-Man. You have Miles Morales. You have Spider Gwen. You have Silk. You, you know, and 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 how many other ones that are floating Gwen, around out there from the Spider Verse? Yeah. Well, Gwenpool is not a spider though. She's a pool. It's a. It's slightly different. Um, sticking with the MCU, uh, very quickly, Luke Cage season two, uh, yeah. de- debuted last Friday. I am, I am on episode four Ah, and what's my opinion? Um, I don't hate Misty as much this season as I did last season. Wow. Um, I don't love her. I just don't hate her. That's quite a departure for you. Um, I, I I like Colleen Wing uh, from Iron Fist, making her crossover into Luke Cage. I don't I don't mind her. Um, but honestly, I'm struggling to get through the episodes a little bit. It um, I, Who's I the villain. Uh, the, the villain is um, uh, Bush. Uh, fuck, what's his name? 
Bushwhacker. Uh, no, the, it's the Jamaican guy. Uh, fucking hell. I, I'm completely I'm completely drawing a blank on his name Ganja right now. Ganja Bush. No, it's not Ganja Bush. Jesus Christ. What is his name? I have Jamaican Bush. Ganja Bush. What? Elephant. Rhino. I know. Elephino. What is what is his name? What is his name? What's his name? How how come I can look up fucking Luke Cage villain season two? And Bushmaster, thank you, Jesus oh, Christ! Oh, Bushmaster, it's Bushmaster. Okay. Um, I I don't hate the villain, you know. They're so they're what they're doing with the villain is instead of him getting his powers, it looks like are coming from a more sort of voodoo mystic um, uh, angle, which makes sense with that grounded Netflix universe. The person sure. who's giving him the uh, herbs he needs to kind of get those powers is. Uh. It, is Nightshade, who is Mariah Stokes's daughter in the Netflix universe. Right. Um, so I don't hate that part of the story, but I don't know. It feels really slow. It just, mm. it's a lot of exposition. Uh-huh. Okay. You know? Well, see how it picks up. I, maybe, I, it, maybe it ramps up. I, I will say that there is one fight sequence in episode three, I believe, um, where he uses a chain. Oh, about time! And it was, it was, it was pretty nice. I wanted him to just throw it around his neck and carry it around for the rest of the season, but alas, we did not get that. But, no. but, uh, but yeah. So Luke Cage is uh is out and about, and uh, I guess we'll see how that continues to play out. Nice. All right, where are we on time? Oh, we're okay. We're doing fine. All right. Um, let's go to, uh, let's go to some other news, not related to the MCU. Uh, Nightbreed is coming to, um, uh, coming to sci-fi. Of course, Nightbreed was, a a famous Clive Barker movie from the nineties, I think. Right. Um, Uh, I I wouldn't say, I would not say famous. Well, uh, how about this? Uh, How about cult classic? Yeah, I don't know that it comes up to that either. No? Nightbreed was not good, sir. Well, I know it was not good, but I feel like when I worked at Suncoast, I yeah. sold a lot of copies of Nightbreed to the exact type of person you expected to come in the store and buy Nightbreed. I mean, that may be, but I'll be honest with you. It didn't do very well. It doesn't really have that much of a following these days. You know, but meanwhile, you still have like Hellraiser, which is actually a cult classic. Uh, series of films. I see. They'll have a huge following today. I kind of, I see. I think Hellraiser has um, transcended cult classic and is just a horror classic at this point. Okay. So. Maybe. I I don't know. Just. uh, It's coming to where? It's coming to sci-fi. They're going to be developing. um, They're going to be developing. Nightbreed follows a group of underground, half-human, half-monsters seeking to find a new refuge and home after their original hiding place is destroyed. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those, you know, like there's a hundred of, there are a hundred of them out there like it. It's a prequel to late 80s. Beauty and the Beast TV show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
completely unrelated to this, but I was thinking of horror movies now. And so for some reason, my brain went to the fly and I saw a really funny meme on, uh, on, uh, on the social media this week. And it was, uh, it was the next wave of Jurassic park films is Uh going to take place, uh, in the extreme future where the dinosaurs have taken over the earth. Like is that a, true? a la pl- no 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 this is what just just hear 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 this play out it's All kind right. of funny dinosaurs have taken over the earth this is one uh-huh. of those memes where people speculate right dinosaurs have taken over the earth they find a bit of human DNA the dinosaurs do because now they're ultra right. smart a la Planet of the Apes right. they sure. clone the DNA and it turns out to be Jeff Goldblum but because they find the DNA. In a prehistoric mosquito, it is now also a fly prequel <laughs> or sequel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I laughed. Amazing. I thought it was kind of funny. I found I found humor in that. Speaking of Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park did gangbusters this past weekend. It opened up this past weekend. It's doing quite well. Oh, that's good. I believe it was number one. I didn't get to see it yet. Uh neither have I. My my young my young boy um is begging me to take him to see it. So perhaps I will take him. To oh. see it next week. Um, I got to be honest with you. I got to catch up on the last one because I think I only watched half of the last one, not the whole thing. And it wasn't because I didn't enjoy it. I think I tr- I think I tried to watch it, and then just a million other things happened, and I didn't get to finish it. So, yeah, it's um, not really compelling. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. In no way. It, in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I, uh, I don't know. I like the Jurassic Park films. Generally speaking, I like Chris Pratt. So, uh, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm enjoying the new Jurassic Park Pokemon go game for your mobile device. It's Pokemon go, but with dinosaurs. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. There. I, I like it. You, you catch, you capture dinosaurs. You get to evolve them. You could use, oh. you could use bits of DNA. And create new dinosaurs. It's exciting. I find it exciting. That's amazing. You you don't sound thrilled at all. I'm at not. All. I'm you, not thrilled. I mean, you, you sound thoroughly bored. Is is really no? I I just uh, you, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of a you know, just like you said, it's a bit derivative from the Pokemon game that I just don't. I just don't get it. No, I know, but I don't care about Pika fuck or whatever. But I do like Raptors. So, so therefore, oh, did you capture one yet? OG, oh, uh, I've captured several raptors. So, wow, are you right. training them to uh, be your minions? Well, so, so you get to like battle with oh. your dinosaurs too. So, like, you create a team and you battle. And I use I use raptors on my team. I use I use raptors. Oh. I use uh, an ankylosaur uh, and a triceratops. I think is uh, so. It's like dog fighting. Sort of. Sort of. Yes. So you're, so yeah, okay. So yeah. it kind of promotes dogfighting. Right. I am the Michael Vick of the dinosaur world. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, man, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Child's Play, the thing you never thought you wanted and probably still don't, is coming to a TV series now. Um, wow. I don't know where it's coming just yet. But it ha- it is being developed. Um, the franchise creator Don Mancini is the one that announced it. Don Mancini. Um, again, I have no idea where it's going to go. Um, 
I guess the most recent installment of the film was direct to Blu-ray, which was uh, Cult of Chucky came out. No, around that a- was in the theater. Oh, well, did that go to theater? I think it did. Yeah. Oh, I thought it went direct I, to I Blu-ray. Can look it up. No, yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm well, sure it did. It though. was because I, I thought it only came out like October. Oh, it might have of, only been out for a hot second. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe. I think it was in theaters. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. Um. I don't know. I like the Child's Play franchise. Um. I like the goofiness of it. As long as they get Brad Dourif. <laughs> is, is that is that what they need to 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 get you on board? Is Brad well, Dourif? Well, they need Brad Dorf because anything anybody else voicing that character, I don't think would work. All right, who you other know, people have voiced gonna... him though, haven't they? What's that? It has only is Brad Dorf the only person that has voiced Chucky? As far as I know, he's in the, the past thirty years, Chucky. really, I thought someone else had had stepped in and done that. I don't so. think so. And the other one, Tiffany, uh, was voiced by what's her name, Arquette. No, Roseanne Arquette? No. Uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette, yeah. Oh, I thought it was the other one. I thought it was... Um... No, it's not Patricia Arquette, is it? Yeah, the one who does the voice on Family Guy. Who does she do on Family Guy? She plays... Uh, what's her name? Joe's wife. The one who's pregnant for like eight seasons. I can't remember her name. That's... I'm pretty sure that's her voice too, though. Is that... Is... Is that? No, see, I, I know. No, it's Jennifer Tilly. Oh, Jennifer Tilly. Why am I thinking Arquette? I don't know. That's why I was like, Arquette oh, doesn't you know sound what? right. I was thinking of sisters. Oh, okay. And I was, and I forgot that Meg Tilly uh, is the sister of uh, Jennifer Tilly. Ah, my... okay. I was gonna say because Patricia Arquette, it just no, wasn't. It just didn't sound right. right to me. Yeah. You're right. So, yeah. Um, I mean, will I watch that? I mean, hey, I've, I guess I, I've watched, I watched the hey. Friday the 13th TV series when it came out. I was going to say, you watched Riverdale, so you're pretty much open to watching anything hey, as listen, far as I'm concerned. Don't you dare knock Riverdale. I, 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 all right. The only thing that could save that show is if the Predator landed on that show. I like Jughead, gosh darn it, golly gee willikers. And if it was... Archie's versus the Predator. Predator comes to Riverdale. Something like that, it would save that show. Yeah. Otherwise, there's no redemption of that show. And then what happens is uh, Predator becomes hybrid Predator with Jughead. And then we have oh. the new film that's coming out. Uh, speaking of which, a trailer dropped this week. Uh, and it still looks like it's going to suck. Yep. So hybrid mega giant fuckhole Stupid. Predator. Yeah, exactly. Out of ideas that work. I, I, I just feel like they could have had another idea and they took the easy way out. That I guess that's what bothers me more uh, than anything. So I don't I don't know why they choose to do that. But anyways, there it is. All right. Uh moving forward. Let's yes, see. Sir. ABC has decided to pick up the Connors, which is the Roseanne spin-off series. Um of course, in order to pick this off, they had to get the oh, approval. It's not the spin-off series, sir. It's Roseanne without Roseanne. Well, I mean, yes, yes, but they're calling it a spinoff because it is not Roseanne. Okay. I don't, are they going to kill her off, though? Yes. Is that is that what's going to happen? That's what's going to happen. So this is going from Valerie to the Hogan family. Yes. 
Very good analogy. Right? I mean, essentially, that's that. Who's going to be the Sandy Duncan? Is Laurie Metcalf because she's already on the show? Is that who it's going to be? I, I I think it's going to focus more on Darlene. Right. And uh, uh, I don't, and maybe Becky, but I don't think so. I think it's going to be more focused on Darlene. And I think Dar- Darlene is sort of keeping the family together in the wake of her mother's death. That's and her aunt Jackie. That the, I think those are the characters that are going to kind of try to fill the shoes. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff about John Goodman grieving. I'm sure there's going to be a lot. You know, there are there are a great many things that they can do uh, story wise there, which are great. They just have to decide how it's all all going to fold out. And seeing that Sarah Gilbert is the executive producer of this show, I cannot imagine that it's not going to be a bit Darlene focused. Right. Well, that makes sense. And you know, they again, they had to get Roseanne's approval to go forward with this, which um, she, which she totally would do in a second, because she's kind of. Uh, I think her statement was that she wanted to save as many jobs as she could. I have the statement. If you'd like me to, sacrificing her own. Yeah. The, the exact statement was: I regret the circumstances that have caused me to be removed from Roseanne. I agreed to the settlement in order that the 200 jobs of beloved cast and crew could be saved. And I wish the best for everyone involved, which is great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that she has that sort of um, mentality. Level of integrity. Um, except that she's still a complete psychopath. <laughs> like, like well, I, But that's this is where sort of. This is where her story ends, though. Right. You know, she signed off on it. So let's, you know, with all due respect, let's forget about Roseanne. Let's talk about what, what are the possibilities of this program. Because this program is still great. My, I mean, I, I thought the revival was excellent. Here's my concern, though. My concern is that is there going to be some huge pushback Um from conservative viewers, you know, conservative viewers made up a large demographic that watched right. the reboot. And so right. I have a hard time imagining that any or most of those viewers are going to come back. Right. Based Who on knows? principles, etc. Who knows? Right. So now do you pick up more? Um, do you pick up more but liberal viewers will- now? To fill in that void, or does the show well, kind of flounder for a season and then still just go away? I mean, I, I well, don't know. But is that what we is that is the politics of the show what we should be focusing on, or is it the fact that here is a major major television show of the what late eighties early nineties, uh-huh. uh, a, a major force in television of that time period, uh, who. Uh, despite all the odds brought that program back and made it successful. That show was mad successful when it came back, not to mention the fact that I thought it was really extraordinarily well done. And on a side note, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Galecki Uh uh, was hysterically funny in the episode that he came back in. Did you see it? I didn't No, I didn't watch it. And it was so funny to watch him 
sort of bounce right back into that character. Right. Because we've been watching him on Big Bang for so long. For so long, yeah. And there are elements of the two characters that are very similar, of course, but there's some sort of some sort of overarching uh, characteristics about David, his character on Roseanne, uh-huh. that he slid right back into that I thought was just hysterical. Well, he's, anyway, he's a he's a the, talented the actor. Being, what's that? I said he's a talented actor. He is, but the point of this is that it's it's more about the fact that despite this thing that happened and nobody, everybody agrees that it was a terrible thing she said and so on and so forth. She's stepping aside and uh, doing the right thing by allowing the rest of them to continue on with the work. Yes. But you're not, you're not hearing what I, what I said though. What I said okay. was it was a, it was a slam success. It was a very right. But, okay. but, but the breakdown of viewers was largely conservative. Sure. So I have a hard time. Ima- I, I'm not saying I agree with this one way or the other. I, I guess I'm speaking from a stance of concern in that right. I am concerned that the conservative viewers will not return to the program. And so it will not really have the opportunity to succeed. Unless, of course, there is a huge swing in the other direction. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and for see. for support. So I, you know, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it pans out, how it plays out, where it goes, right? Um, and 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 we'll we'll see from there. All right, I have I have one more thing, and then we're going to take our first break, oh. um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, toxic fandom, and product in segment two. Oh, so good. Just very toxic fandom. Well, we're going to hit on it very quickly. Um, cause I, we, we should have talked about this last week and we did not Uh, we, we skipped it somehow. I think we just got caught up with other stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it didn't work. Uh, Jesus. Kate Shortland, um, who is an Australian, uh, director is the one that is potentially being eyed right now, at least according to deadline to direct the black widow solo project. Um, <laughs> we, uh, so, so ten years late. Yeah. So Jack Schaefer who penned Olaf's frozen adventure and the hustle is the one that's currently writing the script. Um, Scarlett Johansson, of course, would reprise her role as Natasha Romanoff. Um, and, and now we have a potential director. So maybe this really is actually going to happen while I agree that it is 10 years too late. Um, I don't think that it's too late to still give her her chance at a solo oh, sir. film. I did not say too late. No, no, no. I know. I, just 10 years late. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it would be interesting if it's truly just a Black Widow movie. Is it a prequel where they will explore uh, what happened with Hawkeye? Because, um, you know, when, we've, when, we, when the two of them first get together on screen, there's a lot of history there. You know, you rem- yeah. you remember it differently than I do, and all that bullshit. Um, so, I, it would be interesting to see if they explore that. And to be quite honest with you, I would be much more interested in exploring her roots than I think I would be in exploring some sort of concurrent, right, present day story. I don't know. Was maybe it's just my opinion. Budapest, yeah, yeah. You and yeah. I remember Budapest very differently. Yes, I, I believe think. the line I, exactly. So I, I think it's. Yeah, I, I think it's Thank Budapest. You. 
That sounds right. So anyway, so that that's gonna. It looks like it's actually making some uh, some progress to to take place and happen. And of course, that is oh, uh, that is exciting. Yeah. Um, but with that, Big Kev, with that, OG, we should take our very first of the many breaks that we normally take on this program. Uh, and we'll be right back with episode 502. It didn't work. We get it. Build your own R2-D2, the ultimate interactive droid. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Call toll-free now on 877-544-6779 or go to buildr2d2.com and we'll send you your first monthly pack, including four magazines and model parts, all for just $9.99. Your R2-D2 model comes complete with voice recognition. Sensors, remote control app and camera, plus magazines packed with fascinating behind-the-scenes facts. Explore the amazing world of building the galaxy, droid directory, understanding robotics, as well as your easy step-by-step assembly guide. Start building your favorite droid today. This offer is not available in stores, so go online to buildr2d2.com or call toll-free now and get your first monthly pack for just $9.99 today. Model Space. Hey, this is Jeff with your comic update for Big Kev's Geek Stuff. So this week we had Batman number 49, which featured Catwoman coming to Batman's rescue after he fought the Joker in a cathedral. Uh, it's all leading up to Batman and Catwoman's wedding. And uh, in typical Tom King fashion, we have essentially a few moments, a little bit of a fight scene, but then one moment drawn out into an entire comic. But it wasn't boring in any way whatsoever. Batman uh, laying off unconscious uh, to the side, Catwoman and the Joker both fatally wounding each other, uh, trapped next to each other on a pile of rubble exchanging past stories of when they were of when Catwoman was a villain and Joker being a villain um, basically the the two fighting uh, but uh, exchanging quips uh, even though that the the dialogue between the two lasts most of the issue it wasn't boring at all Catwoman tells a joke and the dialogue in typical Tom King fashion was exceptional uh, leading up to Batman waking up uh, and Catwoman laughing. We've also got Man of Steel from Brian Michael Bendis, part four of his six-part series. Uh, the fight between Superman and his and the mysterious uh, Rogel Czar, uh, who it seems is really the one responsible for blowing up Krypton, takes place in Metropolis. Uh, Superman and Supergirl fight him off uh, seemingly, but doesn't really fight him off because Superman then confronts him uh, over in the Fortress of Solitude where there's an awesome dialogue. Uh, One of the side stories, he doesn't really address so much why Superman and Lois Lane have separated, but he does address uh, who the mysterious figure is that appears before uh, Clark, Lois, and Lil' Jonathan. So check that issue out. The, the Brian Michael Bendis story is unique, if not any, if anything. Uh, we'll see where it goes, and hopefully Bendis can stick the landing on this one. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man number one came out, 
We've got big little, big medium and small versions of an Iron Man, down from microscopic down to a special appearance from Fin Fang Foom, uh, and a giant size Voltron, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zord esque Iron Man suit. Uh, we get a little bit of a dip into Iron Man Tony Stark's past uh, in a BattleBots type situation, which was pretty rad. Uh, and you also get a, a kind of a first look at the new Stark Unlimited company uh, that is now, I guess, Tony Stark's new gig. Um, you also get the last issue of Captain America from Mark Wade and artist Leonardo Romero. Uh, Romero's art is phenomenal uh, and great. I'm a huge fan myself. Uh, basically a heartfelt story about a dad saving his son, but the dad and son also happen to be the legacy of Steve Rogers. Uh, they've revived a cosmically powered Red Skull to uh, help defeat the Kree from taking over the Earth. And uh, yeah, lots of plot twists there too. So definitely check that out. And then off the big, stepping away from the big two, Titan Comics, we've got Tank Girl All-Stars number one. Uh, two short stories and a couple of, a couple of one-pagers. Uh, the focus of the short stories, the first one, really great, kind of a throwback to previous Tank Girl costumes as she goes through her closet and tries to figure out uh, what the best attire is, and we just kind of get a walkthrough of the history of uh, Tank Girl's costumes. And then we get a 28 Days Later Outbreak-style mini-story uh, featuring Tank Girl... Uh, and Jet Girl and a couple other characters as uh, they seemingly fight zombies. And last but not least, we've got Shanghai Red, uh, which is about a group of sailors uh, trying to get home. Plot twists and origins for the main character, Jack. Uh, and also you've got a strong female lead, but that also includes a plot twist, so I won't get too into that. That's out on Image Comics. Uh, number one, uh, a good friend of ours, Josh Hickson, is the artist on that. So definitely go pick that up. Josh is a great dude, uh, and his art is phenomenal. This is Jeff from Eastside Mags with your comic update for Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And uh, keep reading, guys. Have a great day. We are back. Of course, that bit of music you heard just there was the Voltron Legendary Defender theme music, which is also back. Uh, the new season started up the end of last week, I believe. Um, uh, I have still not watched it. <laughs> we we got a great voicemail from our friend Tom Onabox Groves, and we have not been able to use it because it is episode specific, and I have not watched it, which means I cannot reply to it. So, <laughs> I I promise as soon as I watch, watch it. it. Yeah, I promise as soon as I watch it.
I will, uh, I will, uh, I will, uh, we will pl- use that voicemail and we will talk about the show a little bit more. Um, during the break, during the break, uh, we heard a new segment, which is, it's, oh. it's, it's first, it's the first time at that segment. So we need a little bit more, we need a little production work on it, but that is our very good friend, Jeff over at Eastside Mags in lovely, um, Montclair, New Jersey. Jeff is a friend Retail- of the show. Jay. Huh? Retailer Jay. Yeah, Retailer Jay. There you go. Uh, Jeff is a friend of the show. We've been to his shop before. We've actually broadcast from the shop. We yep. see him at all the local conventions. Um, yep. He's he's a good egg. And uh, and and we, we partnered up with him to kind of bring you a la Coke Logic's game stuff. Uh, you know, like comic book updates each week. What's what's coming out? What are the new books for the week? Um it's you know, thing we used to do, but we've now shuffed it off onto uh, to Jeff. Yeah, it, it, and it's it's not like we couldn't still do it ourselves, but I kind of feel like uh, I kind of feel like we wanted to spend more time ourselves talking about other other topics, right. and and why not uh, tap into a resource that we have that works and runs a store <laughs> that yep. can uh, that can do it, and not only that, but has access to the books a day or two early so right. you're getting the stuff especially if you're on patreon you're getting this stuff you know the night before new books come out so yeah, it's a good thing so thank you to jeff nice to have. for uh for putting out that segment hopefully we'll be getting that from him weekly and uh and that's and that's exciting and uh i think we could we could move on with a little bit of news and then a little bit of product yeah all right Sure. Um, I, I quickly wanted to. I quickly mentioned toxic fandom uh, at the end of segment one there because we didn't yes, talk about these it. These were fantastic. I came back just to find out what that was. Yes. Um, uh, you know, we talked. We didn't talk about it last week, although we should have. Which was the Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Uh, story, which is she has removed herself from social media. Um, and she has done so as a result of a troll. And what makes this one even worse, uh, first of all, trolls in general are terrible. Toxic fandom is terrible. But what makes this one even worse, in my opinion, is that this one was knowingly, willingly, and entirely fabricated. Right. Um, just because someone thought it was funny. Yeah, a, a well-known troll on Twitter posted a story that uh, she had met Millie Bobby Brown in a uh, an airport and had asked for a photo with her. And uh, according to the story, which again is one hundred percent fake and is confirmed as fake, uh, Millie Bobby Brown asked her to remove her hijab, or she wouldn't take the photo with her. This person apparently refused. Millie Bobby Brown pulled the hijab off of her head. Uh, and then still didn't take the photo. Now, some person made that story up just because they thought it was funny. Yeah. Stupid. And as a result of that story, other people followed suit and made up a bunch of more stories. And they're stories that they acknowledge were fake, um, but were not real. And it, it was it was about her hating gays and 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 you know being racist and everything under the sun and this is a bunch of people who just thought it was funny for funny's right. sake 
Um, and of course, it forced this young girl. How old is she? 14? 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. Forced her off of social media because she didn't want to be associated with that stuff. It's fucking disgusting and it's ridiculous. It is. And and how this. I wrote a post about that and put it on our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and how this sort of ties into Star Wars is that uh, there's a rumor going around right now, which I don't believe has been confirmed at all. And I, actually, I I feel I feel as though it's pretty much probably strongly rumor at this point. Um, okay. But um, uh, apparently Lucasfilm and Disney have pulled the Star Wars spinoff movies. I hope that's not true. Um, and so how does this how does this tie into toxic fandom? Well, it ties because they're, they're saying that the impetus behind this decision is the low box office numbers from Solo. Part of the reason that Solo has a low box office number is because the crybaby wannabe Star Wars fans um, who did not like Episode Eight, High Coke Logic, um, boycotted Solo. I know I don't think Coke Logic boycotted Solo. I'm being very tongue in cheek. I know that Coke Logic did not like it, but he did not like it and is not an asshole about it. And so I respect his opinion, although I might right. disagree. But some people are baby crybaby wannabes, um, and so they boycotted Solo simply because they disliked Episode Eight, and Solo probably didn't do as well as it could have. Although I, I don't blame it entirely on that, but at least that plays into it. Um, right. And so that is the impetus behind Lucasfilm pulling this now. We have spoken to some people who may or may not know other people, and those people have said that, in their opinion, <laughs> it is rumor, and and it is not confirmed. Good, um, and and we have not really heard much about it since the story, quote unquote, broke. Right, and I suspect the reason we haven't heard much about it is because it's probably not true. I mean, I would be very surprised at this point. I mean, even though. Some things have been officially announced and some things haven't, but we know things are moving ahead with both of the projects that that they're talking about shelving at the moment. I just can't imagine that they would stop. I mean, stopping, maybe taking some kind of break after episode nine, you know, with regards to uh, maybe spacing things out a little bit de- different or a little bit better, but to kind of scrap at, especially the Kenobi movie at this point would just be awful. I mean, they got him. He's the right, you know, he's, he's age positive. I mean, it's just, yeah, I know. Just do it. I know. You know? So Stop listening to the cry babies who are just so close minded that they can't even accept the fact that this is the way that it is. You don't like it. You don't got to go see it, but you also don't got to go online and, a boycott solo for what? For right. what purpose? Because you didn't like episode eight, right? Nothing, one has nothing to do with the other. Yeah, it's it's well, it's, it's in a broader sense. Yeah, it's it's silliness. So, so that's 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 our Star Wars update, I guess, for the week. Um, <laughs> we have some we have some products, and then one more uh, plug slash product, and then and then we're about to get out of here. Um, our good friends over at Tenacious Toys. Ah, oh, TenaciousToys.com are best buddy benny we love benny benny is one of the benny is probably one of the nicest realist 
dudes we know in the toy industry. Hottest wifest. <laughs> oh, I love Benny. Benny's but good people. She's gorgeous. Uh, Benny. Mrs. Benny is 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 a lovely creature. She she is lovely. They're they're lovely people. Good-hearted, good-hearted people run an awesome website, TenaciousToys.com. They have uh, provided us with the 4D XX Ray Joker glow-in-the-dark 9.5-inch vinyl from yeah. Mighty Jacks and Jason Freeney. This mm-hmm. is the uh, Joker piece from uh, – I guess it debuted at uh, the Thailand – toy expo and yeah. i don't know if it's like a summer exclusive where it's going to do the rounds at a few other conventions i think the glow in the dark one is the possibly the exclusive i don't know if that size particular is the exclusive well i'm talking honestly- i'm specifically talking about the glow in the dark one. Oh, oh, oh okay which yeah. is which is what we have is the glow in the dark correct one, right? nine and a half inches tall he's vinyl abs um, designed by Jason Freeney. If you don't know who Jason Freeney is, you do know who Jason Freeney is. You just don't know that you know him. He <laughs> he he is the artist who is very pop or who who made popular the sort of side by side cutaway skeletal version of pop culture characters. Probably two of the most famous ones he did uh, that broke mainstream was I believe there was a Lego figure. If I'm not yeah mistaken and yeah, spongebob so a, a per- person yeah yeah and spongebob right. um and then you know he did a he's done a bunch of characters he's done a mm-hmm. bunch of dc characters they have a dc license now i have the regular uh like four inch five inch um green arrow which we talked about on the program, I'm pretty sure. We did talk about that on the program. So I, I have that one. And, of course, this is the 9.5-inch tall Joker piece. It is awesome. It retails for $110. Um, there is only a small limited number left over at Tenacious Toys if you want to get yeah. in on this. But, Some um, required. Uh, yeah, not, not a whole lot, I don't think. No, well, you he put them together. It's, it actually yeah, – I, I think it's a great piece. He comes with – Right, so he comes with detachable organs. Um, the brain, right. the brain is separate from the other parts. So the body obviously opens up, and you could put it, uh, put it in. It's thirty-three parts in total. Right, that that he comes with. Um, it's an awesome piece, man. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not gonna lie. And it's a, it's nine and a half inches. It's a huge. That's a big ass piece. It's got some yep. great heft to it. It stands and displays. Really, really well. If you are a Jason Freeney fan, if you are a DC fan, not only do I recommend you checking out this Joker piece, but I recommend checking out the remainder of the uh, X-ray pieces. Tenacious Toys um, has, I'm pretty sure, just about all of them. Oh, do they? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at their website right now. They have the Joker. From the Looney Tunes license, they have Tas- regular size Joker. Um, I, I'm looking. Hold on. They have the Tasmanian Devil, Daffy Duck, Wonder Woman, Superman. That um, Bugs Bunny one is pretty cool. Yeah, Golden Age Flash, Golden Age Green Lantern. Um, I'm just trying to see what other ones they might have here. Hold on. Can I well, see they it? can go over to Tenacious Toys. Yeah. Go over to TenaciousToys.com. Check it out. Yeah. Um, they actually have the Lego figure as well. There are two or three variations on that. Um, right. They have a Batman Yellow Lantern, a Black Manta, Deadshot, um, wow. Hawkman, Harley Quinn. 
Um, they're they're great pieces. Um, and again, Tenacious Toys has all of those things, as well as a plethora <coughs> of other products. I, I, I as I'm scanning the Tenacious Toys website. You're picking out stuff to buy. Um, uh, I'm actually probably going to place an order tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, unrelated to this piece, but related to this show, is the Umi Toys, our friend Dickie Page. <clears throat> Dickie Page. Yep. The Little Miss Pressure Pot, two and a half inch yeah. uh, resin figure that uh, Rich Page uh, did. This is... Um, <clears throat> This was his five points exclusive this past summer. Tenacious Toys right. had them there, the gray exclusive. Um, Not this summer, sir. That was only weeks ago. Well, I mean, I guess technically it was the summer, was it not? It was May, so I guess it wasn't technically the summer yet. But um, this is this is done in the style of the Little Miss and Little Mr. books. Mr. Happy, Mr. Impossible, um, et cetera, et cetera. But it's a pressure pot for those of you who design your old toys and uh, – and use that particular tool in order to do so. So yes, go over to tenaciousToys.com and uh, and check that out. Speaking of uh, where to go over, OG, uh, what happened to Build R two D two? Oh yeah, we, we we forgot that. Let's 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 do that now, and then I, ha- I still have one more thing. Um, of course, during the break, you did hear from our sponsor, the fine folks over at Dagostini. Build your own R2-D2, buildr2d2.com, buildr2d2.com. It is a awesome, um, it is an awesome uh, mobile one electronic one-half scale R2-D2 that you build yourself. It is a subscription service, so you get a piece in the mail each month along with a collectible catalog that kind of gives you a little bit of background on the character, uh, some of the features. Um, it's a great piece. These are the same people who did uh, build the Millennium Falcon prior, um, and they also have another one that's out now, I believe, in the UK, coming to the US soon, Build the X-Wing. Right. But check them out. Go to buildr2d2.com or give them a call, 877-544-6779. I'm um, really looking forward to that, Building the X-Wing, because, you know, it's three and three-quarter scale, and it's the only time they've ever done one actually to scale anybody. So, I know that's pretty that's exciting, impressive. Um, and and last but certainly not least, this week, um, a very good friend of the show, Rob Jones. Uh, some of you may remember Rob. Rob uh, for New York Comic Con two years ago donated four Star Wars sketch covers. Oh yes, for our raffle. And um, they were hugely uh, popular at New York Comic Con for us. And he, uh, through Kickstarter, he is releasing his brand new comic book series, High Spot. High Spot number one uh, follows um, stunt performer Kate Carter. It's sort of like a summer blockbuster action humor style story. It looks really cool. Rob's art is absolutely beautiful. Um, It's got six days left to go. The goal is $1,000 in order to fund this thing, and he is at $866. So wow. he is really close to hitting Very his target. Close. So go over to kickstarter.com, look up High Spot, or search by creator Rob Jones, and you can back this project. Um, you know, it means a lot to the fans of this show when you support their work, and it means a lot to us because these fans yeah. are always uh, so supportive of us. And Rob is a guy who has helped us out. 
um, like I said, by donating to the raffle in the past and, 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 and other ways. So, so check it out. High Spot over on Kickstarter. Show it some love. I think for just a pledge of 10 bucks, you get a digital PDF of all three issues of the series. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna cost you a lot if you want to get the PDF. And then, of course, there are other you know there are other backing levels as well yeah, to get tiers, yeah tiers right? to get hard copies, sketches, t shirts, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so, so be sure to check that out. But with that, I do hear that wrap up music kicking in. Oh. So it just seems like it comes so soon. It does. It does. But believe it or not, we are an hour and change into this program. So, uh, oh, so, well, so we've done what we're supposed to do then. We have done what we're supposed to do. Of course, don't forget, you can check us on online each and every week over at bkgeekstuff.com. Bkgeekstuff.com. You can find us on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash bkgeekstuff. We really would love um, if you could pledge to that. Um, even a dollar helps. Plus, it gets perks. You know, you get to hang out with us, uh, hang out with us in in our Discord room. And I'm thinking I'm there a few times. I, I'm also I'm also thinking that we might do something for New York Comic Con, where if you're a patron of ours and you stop by the booth, uh, maybe you get a little something. Oh. Are we planning on doing something for New York for 500, right? We are. So I think what we're going to do is one of the nights, and I'd like to nail that down soon. Um, I want to just do like, a, you know, a, a gathering. We'll pick a location, a bar, and we'll go hang out after the con one night. We'll have a couple of drinks, have a bite to eat, hang out with some fans, shoot the shit. It'll be a good time. I know our friends Kyle and Sarah are going to join us because they've already uh, begged and pleaded. I'm sure Will is going to join us. And uh, mm-hmm. a couple of other people, I know a couple of other fans have expressed interest. So, um, yes, the burning question will PK make it? Well, you know, that is the question. And burning is the is a, is a good burning is a good uh, 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 descriptor. So, yeah, so, uh, don't forget on social media, you can find me. I'm at Geek Stuff OG across all of the social media platforms. You big Kev, PK Geek Stuff. On Xbox One and Big Kev G- Nope. I'm Big Kev GS on Xbox One and BK Geek Stuff everywhere else. Sweet. And uh, of course, uh, PK, you can find him at KR Marlowe on uh, Twitter and I think you, K Robert Marlowe on Instagram. No, do you? You don't even know. I, I think I got it right. It's one of those two. Check it's follow him. It's not hard to find him. We talk to each other online. Just go to one of our feeds and look for the conversation. Um, of hey. course, you could also go to Facebook, facebook.com backslash BK Geek Stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I think I think that back about wraps it up. So with that, Big Kev. Yeah, so G, with that, we will bring this episode of Big Kev's Geek Stuff to a close. Episode 502, the one we called, It Didn't Work, We Get It. The way we end some shows by saying... Troll the respawn, Jeremy. And on that note, we cue the music. I got a Spider-Man t-shirt. I got compers down and running off my feet. I got a bad mustache, a reoccurring rash, and not a lot of cash to spend it on mustache. Man, it's good to be a geek. It's good to be a geek. It's good to be a creep It's good to draw my pictures And no one will 
Last five. 